right, everybody. Now it is time for the fourth installment of our Adventus series as we're celebrating Advent this year for the first time. So it's time to light our Advent candles again. We're going to start with the candle of hope, which was the first candle we lit in this. Ouch. Hot. You can tell I'm not a smoker. We're going to light these candles. Hope, love, joy, and today's candle is peace. And so today we're lighting the candle of peace. And then on Christmas Eve, we're going to light the fourth candle. What's the fourth candle called? I mean, the fifth candle. Just the candle of Jesus. It's just about Jesus. It's his candle. So we're going to light the last one this coming Saturday night. Remember, if you come to church this Sunday morning, a week from this morning, ain't nobody going to be here. <laughs> and you're going to be mad because you drove all the way here. Uh, come Saturday night to our Christmas Eve service. Today we're going to light the candle of hope, yeah. uh, the candle of peace. Repeat after me. Siopa Pefimoso. Say it again. Siopa Pefimoso. One more time. Siopa Pefimoso. All right, now we're going to Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 14. Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 14. This is what it says. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people, for there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger, and suddenly there was, an, with, there was with the angel a multitude of the, angel, of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. Father, I pray today in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ that you would open our ears to hear the gospel of peace and that we would receive it as peace. I pray it in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. I'm going to talk to you about peace this morning. I believe it's an incredibly poignant topic because something happened this week in the world that most of us are probably aware of. There's a celebrity by the name of Sir Twitchalot who took his own life. And if you ever saw Sir Twitchalot, I didn't know much about him. I wasn't like a, a big time Sir Twitchalot fan, but I followed him on Instagram. And uh, just about every day he put out a new video of himself and his wife dancing together. He was a dancer, he was a DJ. And when you saw the guy, every time you saw the guy, there was a big smile on his face. He looked happy. He looked happy. But he took his own life. 
It's important that we talk about it. And the reason why it's important that we talk about it is because what happens when somebody who looks happy, who's also wealthy, and who's also famous, takes their own life, what it does to the people who watched them, who followed them, who may be struggling with depression themselves, is something happens on the inside of your heart that says, if he couldn't figure it out, I've got no, ho- I've got no hope. As happy as he was and as wealthy as he was and as beautiful as his family was and as successful as his career was, as talented as he was, he couldn't figure out how to find peace in his own heart with his own life. And if he couldn't find it, how could I ever find it? Because I don't have the things that he had. And so today, I want to offer to each and every one of us what the Bible calls the gospel of peace. Now in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, the prophet Isaiah speaks of the coming of the Messiah. The prophet says, unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall rest upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful. How many know him as Wonderful? I mean, when you meet Jesus, the first thing you discover is that he is wonderful, which means that he is full of wonder. And the more you know him, the greater your wonder grows. He never gets old. He never gets stale. He is wonderful, which means he is full of wonder. Counselor, which means he understands the inner workings of your heart and your mind. He is the greatest counselor. He knows how to give you counsel that no human person on earth could ever give. He is the counselor. And then it says the mighty God, which means he's got all power. The everlasting father, which means he covers all things. And then it ends by saying he's the prince of peace. The word of is important in that statement. The prince of Peace. Now that word of actually has 18 different syntactical functions. Did you know that when you say of, you can mean 18 different things? For instance, if you say the love of God, it can be love that comes from God. It can be love that goes to God. It can mean the you say the love of God, meaning the love that I have for God, or the love of God, the love that comes from God, the love that belongs to God, right? There's 18 different syntactical functions for the word of. When the scripture says he is the prince of peace, there are two different meanings that go hand in hand. First, it's the genitive of source, which means he is the source of peace. The prince from whom cometh peace. Meaning, he is the source of all peace for all human persons. It's also... We can add the possessive genitive. Peace belongs to him. The prince who is the possessor of peace. Meaning if you want peace, you got to get it from the prince. If you want to know peace, you got to know the prince. And if you know the prince of peace, you know the peace of the prince. 
because he's not only the peace of the of he's not only the prince of peace but peace is of the prince and that's the word of the lord to you today that peace comes from the prince of peace the problem is that we don't know what peace is because in our culture we tend to define peace in terms of emotion peace is something you feel do you feel peace I don't feel peace right now. And so what we try to do is go to a peaceful setting. I need some peace, so I'm going to go to the outdoors and go on a hike. Why? Because when I'm outdoors, I feel peace. We're after the feeling of peace. But biblically, peace is not primarily an emotional construct. Peace is first and foremost a relational construct. Romans chapter 5 verse 1 says, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God. Peace is something you have or do not have with others. You have peace with God or you don't have peace with God. And if you have peace with God, then you've got peace with others. And if you've got peace with others, then you have peace with yourself. Oftentimes, we're lacking when we don't feel peace, it's because we're missing one of those forms of peace. Peace with God, peace with others, peace with ourselves. And because we lack the relational peace, we also lack the emotional peace. Because peace is an emotion, but it comes from a relationship. And the source of the emotion of peace is a set of relationships. If you have peace with God, peace with others, peace with yourself, you feel peace. You experience peace. But if you would stop and just evaluate the times in your life when you feel that you've lost your peace as an emotion, evaluate the state of your relationships, and I, I would bet you a million dollars that you'll be able to locate that loss of peace in some broken relationship. Yeah. And oftentimes, it's simply with yourself. Yeah. Romans chapter, uh, sorry, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 17 says, Pursue peace with all people and holiness without which no one will see the Lord. Pursue peace with all people. So Romans 5.1 says we have peace with God because we've been justified with, by faith. You got peace with God. Hebrews 17, 12.17 says pursue peace with all people. Yeah. So Jesus comes to bring peace. The gospel is a gospel of peace yeah. because he's not only the source of the first peace, peace with God. He's also the source of the second peace, peace with others. Yeah. And he's also the source of the third peace, peace with yourself. Remember, possessive genitive. He's the prince of peace, which means that every form of peace is rooted in Jesus. It belongs to Jesus, and it comes from Jesus. There's another verse where Jesus says, Do not think that I came to bring peace. I didn't come to bring peace. I came to bring a sword. I came to turn brother against brother. I came to turn father against child or son. Interesting that he's called the peace of God, and then he says, by the way, I didn't come to bring peace. What he means by that is, I didn't come to bring arbitrary peace. I came to bring peace to those who are willing to be justified by faith. That is, those who do not come to me for peace... I didn't come to bring peace to them. I didn't come to bring a generalized, universalized peace to all the world. And even the angelic choir, they don't say peace to everyone. They say peace to men of goodwill. Yeah. 
meaning that peace comes to those who make a decision to turn their lives over to Jesus Christ. Peace comes to those who submit themselves to the Prince of Peace. And in every area of life, the source of my peace comes from the Prince. It's found through my submission to the Prince. Jesus did so much to illustrate this truth throughout the Gospels. One particular story that sticks out in my mind is found in the book of Mark chapter 4 beginning at 35. It goes through 39. And the scripture says that when Jesus had finished teaching the multitudes, he gets into the boat with his disciples and he says, let's go to the other side. Jesus is the one who initiated the journey, knowing what they would encounter on the journey. They get out into the middle of the Sea of Galilee and all of a sudden a huge storm hits the sea and their boat is tossed to and fro and it's filling up with water and they think they're going to die but Jesus is under the, under the stern of the boat and he's asleep. The disciples are in the midst of a chaotic situation and at a certain point death becomes imminent. We're going to die any minute here. We're not going to make it through this storm. And what happened on the inside of the disciples' hearts is that in the midst of that storm, that chaos that they were experiencing in relation to the storm, they let it affect their relationship with Jesus. So they come and they wake him up, and what do they say? Don't you care? Translation. This storm, this thing that's between me and the storm, is now between me and you. I have no peace with this storm, and that is now affecting my relationship with you. Because now what I'm communicating to you is, there's a breach between me and you. Don't you care that we perish? Don't you see what's going on in my life? Don't you hear my prayers? How can you sleep when I'm in the midst of this storm? And Jesus, without saying a word, gets up and goes up to the deck of the boat and says, Siopa pefimoso! Siopa! Peace! Pefimoso! Be still. And suddenly the scripture says, there's a great calm. But then he turns and looks at his disciples and says, why is it that you don't have any faith? Which means that in this experience, in this passage of scripture, Jesus defines faith to his disciples in a different way. Because the way they understood faith was confidence in Jesus' ability to heal the blind and the sick and the lame. All of those things were outside of the disciples, meaning I believe you can heal that blind person, but it doesn't affect me if you don't. I believe you can make this lame person walk, but it doesn't change. I'm not lame, so it doesn't affect me if you don't. And they learned to have confidence that Jesus could change things that did not pertain to them. He takes them out on this sea into the middle of the storm, sends them into the middle of the storm, knowing that they would meet a storm there, 
intentionally going under the boat and going to sleep in the middle of the storm because now he wants them to experience something that directly affects them. The faith he's looking for is that you could stand in the middle of the storm and recognize I may not have peace with this storm, but I got peace with the one who's in the boat. Later, he says to his disciples, in this world, you will have tribulation, but fear not, I have overcome the world. In other words, don't let the chaos you experience in the world create chaos between you and me. Keep your peace with me. Live at peace with me. I'm the prince of peace, and as long as you stay connected to my peace, it doesn't matter how many storms you experience in the world. Peace with God. Because if I maintain my peace with God, I maintain my peace with me. I saw a video this morning that I wanted to actually show today, but I won't. It was a video of Kobe Bryant missing 28 shots in a game. And it, show, it just shows, it's just a reel, two minutes long, of every shot he missed in this entire game. And I mean, there were some doozies. Air balls, mad bricks, getting swatted, missed layups. I mean, it was like, you name it, he missed it. 28 shots in this game. And nobody remembers a single shot that he missed in that game. You know why? Because he scored 60 points in that game. That was the last game of his career. The last game of his career, if you ask anybody about the last game of his career, all they will say is he scored 60 points in that game. But he missed 28 shots. The problem with most of us is that you miss two or three shots and you've already lost your peace with God and with yourself. That's it. I'm a failure. Pastor Darrell and I went to a Warriors game a couple few weeks ago for his birthday, end of October. And I'm sitting there watching the game. I hadn't been to a basketball game in years. And honestly, I haven't watched an entire game in years either. I like basketball. I just don't have the patience to sit and watch sports. I just don't. But we're watching this game, and I'm enjoying the game. And the thing that I noticed that stood out to me, and I said this to him, I said, professional basketball is just just." Constant mistakes. I mean, they're all making mistakes constantly on the floor. Bad passes, dribbling it off your knee and out of bounds and missing shots. And some, they miss dunks and they miss layups and they, they pass to the wrong person. It's just constant mistakes, all of them out there, the best players among them. Steve Curry, constant mistakes out there. I mean, you watch Steph Curry, sorry, Steve Curry. What? I do know who Steph Curry is, my Did you see that, uh, that, that Instagram video where Steph Curry made full, like five full court shots in a row? It was fake. Did you know that? It was fake. Yeah. He, he confessed it. They did an interview with him. They're like, was that real? He goes, I made two of them. But they, the, the guy who edited the video edited the other three, so he made them two. Mad mistakes. The difference is that a professional like Steph Curry, like Kobe Bryant, like Michael Jordan, 
makes a mistake, but continues to maintain their peace with themselves. Whereas you and I make a mistake and immediately conclude, see, I suck at this. You know what the word sin is in the Bible, in the New Testament? Hamartia. Do you know what it means? It means to miss. It's a missed shot. To miss the mark. And the scripture says in Romans 3.23 that everybody's done it. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Everybody's missed the mark. But yet Jesus is the Prince of Peace. He comes to bring us peace with God and therefore peace with ourselves and therefore peace with others. How does that work? Because what happens when you come to Jesus and surrender your life to him is he gives you new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade reserved in heaven for you who through faith are being shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that's ready to be revealed in the last time. What does all that mean? That means that what Jesus Christ gives you, his atoning sacrifice, what it gives you, is a peace with God that endures all of your bad shots. In other words, what Jesus Christ brings you is the mindset of a Kobe Bryant of the Spirit. Because here's the crazy thing. Kobe Bryant missed 28 shots that game, but he made more than 30. Which means that he simply made the decision, I'm not going to stop shooting. I'm not going to give up because I missed the first 10 shots. I'm not going to tell the coach, take me out of the game, sit me on the bench. I shouldn't be here. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm not going to lay on the floor and cry about it. I'm not going to give up and accept the fact that I'm just a misser and that's what I do. I just miss shots. I'm not going to come to any negative conclusions about myself. I'm going to keep shooting. I'm going to keep aiming. I'm going to keep focusing. I'm going to keep practicing. I'm going to keep pressing until I hit the mark and hit it again and again and again and again and again. I was here listening to a pastor and he told a story about his friend. His friend invited him over one day and said he had uh, something very important to show him and he pulled out a stack of thick notebooks and it was, he set it on the table and it was about this high. He said, what's this? And the man said, I, uh, I decided to record every sin that I ever committed in my life. And I wrote it all out, and I filled all these notebooks with my sins. And I want you to read it. And he said, I got to book three, page 28. He said, and by the way, the dude did some messed up stuff. He said, but when I got to book three, Paragraph 28, I said, we got to stop this right now. He goes, do you believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God? He said, yes, I do. Do you believe that he died on the cross for your sins? He said, yes, I do. Do you realize that he died? He paid the punishment and the penalty for everything that's in these books. He said, I believe that. He goes, then we should burn these books. And they took, it, they took him outside, and they put him in a barrel, and they had a little bonfire with the man's sins. He said, it's time for you to stop meditating on all of your missed shots and start meditating on the shot that Jesus made 2,000 years ago on the cross when he hung between earth and heaven with nails in his hands and feet. 
Some of you are wrestling in your heart because you can't forgive yourself for something that you did years ago. You can't forgive yourself for something that Jesus died for 2,000 years ago. You can't forgive yourself for stuff. And because you can't forgive yourself for what happened years ago, because you're living in the memory of past failure, then you're living in the expectation of future failure. You believe you're going to fail in the future because you remember that you failed in the past. And the gospel to you is come to Jesus and allow him to bring you into a place of peace. And the peace that he brings you into is the knowledge that he's taken your sin and buried it in the sea of forgetfulness. He remembers it no more. And if you would remember it no more, you would expect it no more. And you'd be free to live a new kind of life. Peace with God. Depression often comes from a sense of personal failure. That lie comes to your life, comes to your heart, comes to your mind. I am a failure. The word of Jesus to that word is siopa pefimoso. Siopa pefimoso. Peace be still. Peace be still. Peace be still. Be still. The controversy is not with God. It's with yourself. It's inner turmoil with yourself. And you can spend a lifetime trying to unravel that inner turmoil and never be able to unravel it yourself. Or you can come to Jesus, the Prince of Peace, and let him give you peace. Let him speak to the storm in your heart and say, peace, be still. Peace, be still. And there was a great calm. There was an external peace that corresponded to the internal peace that they had the right to walk in continually in their relationship with Jesus. Jesus said to them, why is it that you have no faith? The shepherds on the hillside They got the concert, the angelic concert, which is crazy. Because if I were to do a concert, if I were angels, I would fill the biggest stadium on earth. And I would invite the most important people. But They went to shepherds on the hillside who were the lowest echelon of society in the ancient world. The angelic choir came to the ones that nobody would even pay any attention to and said you're so important we're going to give you a whole concert that nobody on earth gets if you're living with depression you also probably feel insignificant about yourself just like those shepherds on the hill it's crazy that first the star comes to the magi who are the highest echelon of their society And then the angels come to the shepherds, which are the lowest echelon of their society. And even the way the gospel was proclaimed indicates to us that it's for everyone. That it doesn't matter who you are, that it doesn't matter where you've been, that it doesn't matter what you've done. The gospel is peace to you. For some of us today, the Lord wants to come and relight that candle of peace in our heart. 
that that lying voice of the devil, that lying voice of con condemnation, and for some of us, the, end of the, the, the condemnation of the enemy comes and blows out that candle every morning or every night, yeah. and we lose our peace every day. Yeah. And now you feel ashamed because no matter how many times God gives me peace, I keep losing it again. It's like saying I've missed 27 shots in this game. You know what? Get up and let God light that candle again. Yeah. Just make a decision. If you wake up tomorrow morning and that candle is out, let God light it again. Don't waste time wallowing in despair. Don't waste time having a pity party about it. Don't waste time feeling sorry for yourself because, listen, feeling sorry for yourself is part of your cycle. And you got to break the cycle, every component of it, even the part that you think is good. Come to God and let him relight that candle of peace in your heart. Let him remind you that you've been justified by faith Amen. and that you have peace with God. And because you have peace with God, there's no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Yeah. You have peace with yourself. Amen. And living in that peace, you will inevitably find yourself living in newness of life, a new kind of life, Amen. brought out of darkness and into his glorious light. For some of you, the only component of darkness that you're still left in is the darkness of self-condemnation. There is freedom in Jesus today. Real freedom. So let's bow our heads and let's, let's let him light that candle of peace again. Precious Heavenly Father, I thank you today that you're walking among us and you're the author of our peace. You're the Prince of Peace. You possess it. You own it. It all belongs to you. Lord, there's some under the sound of my voice this morning, whether they're in this room or online or listening to the podcast later. They've lost their peace. They're living without peace. Lord, just as we were not designed to live without peace, we were not designed to live without hope. We were not designed to live without love. So, Father, I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ that you would descend upon every soul and that you would light the candle of peace. Just make a decision right now to open your heart to him and to the peace that comes from him. Make a decision right now to open your heart to him. Doesn't mean the storm changes. He's inviting you before the storm changes to open your heart to the Prince of Peace. Maybe you've already come to him again and again and again under the boat, said, don't you care? Don't you care that I perish? Don't you care about what's happening to me? But he's giving you one more opportunity today to change that pattern. And instead of allowing the lack of peace between you and the storm to become a lack of peace between you and God, come to him in peace. Come to him in faith. Come to him and don't let your heart be troubled. Come to him and say, Lord, I, I, you know that there's a storm outside and I know you care. I've told you before that you don't care, but I'm telling you now that I know that you care. You, you know what I have need of before I ask. Cattle on a thousand hills belong to you. 
A sparrow doesn't fall to the earth without you seeing it, and I'm more valuable than many sparrows. The very hairs on my head are numbered. And so I do want you to change the storm, but I thank you for peace with you in the midst of the storm. So, Lord, what would you have me to do, or what would you do? I trust you, that you care that I perish, that you're not going to leave me. You will not abandon my soul to the grave. You will not suffer your Holy One to see corruption. The confidence, peace is the confidence that God's got me. Peace is the confidence that God's got me. No matter what happens, no matter what comes, no matter what goes, God's got you. That's the definition of peace. God's got me. Come on, say it this morning. God's got me. 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 Your Father knows. He knows what you have need of before you ask. That's peace. That's peace. That's peace. God's got me. God's got me. God's got me. Because God's got me, I can speak to that nagging voice of the enemy that speaks condemnation. I can speak to that nagging voice of the enemy that speaks fear. I can speak to that nagging voice of the enemy and say, Peace. Be still. And that great calm can hit my heart before it hits my circumstance. That's faith. That's faith. When the great calm hits your heart before it hits your circumstance, that's faith. That's faith. When the great calm, when the peace of God that passes all understanding guards your heart and mind in Christ Jesus before it ever affects your circumstance. If you got peace on the inside, you'll eventually have peace on the outside. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in time of storm. Very present help in time of trouble, therefore we will not be moved. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in time of trouble, therefore we will not be moved. Therefore we will not be moved. There, that's peace. That's peace. That's peace. I'm in trouble, but I'm not moved. That's peace. I'm experiencing trouble, but I'm not moved because he's a very present help. That's peace. Emmanuel, God is with us. That's peace. God is with me. When you walk through the waters, you, it will not overflow. When you walk through, he said, when you walk through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they will not overflow you. And when you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. For I am the Lord your God. That's peace. He is with me. He's with me. He's with me. He's with me. I'm not alone. I'm not alone. That's peace. You are not alone. You are not forsaken. You are not abandoned. That's peace. Lord, restore that peace and let it burn like a fire in our hearts. Restore that peace right now and let it burn like a fire in our hearts. Light that candle of peace on the inside of us today in the name of the Lord Jesus. It's peace with. It's not an emotion, primarily. First, it's a relationship. Then it's an emotion. Peace with God becomes peace in my heart peace with God and the peace of God, the peace that comes from God, the peace that belongs to God, the peace of whom God is the source, the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. Let not your hearts be troubled, Jesus said. You believe in God, believe also in me. Do not let your hearts be troubled. He says, these things I have spoken to you while I am in the world, that you might not be troubled, that your hearts might not be troubled. Thank you, Father.
I just feel the peace of God going forth today. It's the knowledge of the presence of the Holy One. The knowledge of the withness of God. He says, I am with you. He is with you. And for those of you who have not yet given your life to Jesus, not yet surrendered your life to Jesus, you're living outside of the peace that he paid for. You're living outside of the peace that he purchased for you. You can come into the inside by simply opening your heart and letting the King of kings and Lord of lords come in. So, Father, I pray today in Jesus' name that every heart would prepare you room. Let every heart prepare him room. And let that gift of salvation go forth today. Let it transform lives. And let the peace of God, let it reign. I give you praise in Jesus' precious holy name. Amen, 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 amen. Mm. Turn the lights up just a little bit. I just want to look into your faces today. Did you get that? Did you get that? you feel that? Do you feel the change? Did you receive that? Did you feel something shift in your heart? Sometimes I'm preaching to my own soul. I'm preaching to my own soul today. I'm hearing the Spirit of the Lord speak to my own soul today. I'm receiving it as I'm giving it to you. Peace of God. Peace of God. Let nothing move you. Be steadfast and unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Let nothing move you. Let nothing deter you. You shall not be discouraged. I'll never forget, a couple of years ago, I was in one of the most discouraging moments that I had experienced in years. And out of the blue, James back there at the back sent me a text message. He said, Pastor, I just got this this uh, verse for you from the Lord, I think, and I just want to share it. And I opened that verse. I was getting ready to have a panic attack, and all of a sudden that text came, and it said, He shall not fail nor be discouraged until he establishes justice in the earth, and the coastland shall wait for his teaching. He says, I just feel like the Lord is saying, Don't be discouraged. Just that word came, and it pierced my heart, and boom, the encouragement of God came, and confidence returned. That's peace. That's peace. That's peace. And we're all learning not to surrender it. But this is the key. If you step out of it for a moment, step back in. That's all. Don't hold yourself to a standard of perfection. You find that you've stepped out of it for a moment, step back in. The moment you become conscious, I've stepped out of the flow of the peace of God, but I'm stepping back in. Amen? Stand to your feet this morning. Amen. Lift your hands to the Lord. As I speak this benediction over you today, and now may the God of peace, who through the blood of the eternal covenant brought back forth from the grave our Lord Jesus Christ, that great shepherd of the sheep, may he fill you with peace as you trust in him. May he cause your heart to abound with hope. May he watch over your going forth and your coming in, both now and forever. In his name I pray. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. God bless you.
Hallelujah. God bless you.